Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome back to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us as we've been talking with author and artificial intelligence expert Guy Morris. Guy's background has been in leadership and helping many different companies and government agencies over the last 35 years to develop some great things, which includes some artificial intelligence designs. Now retired, he's using his background to author several books that use the potential problems we've heard of, and some we haven't, of AI gone bad to describe how this could usher in the end times or at least contribute to it. Amen? If you missed any of the prior episodes, you need to go back and get caught up. There's just no way I I can describe anything else that we have talked about. Because I'm telling you, folks, this has been one of the most interesting interviews on this topic that I've had in a long time. All right, let's jump back into the interview now with Guy Morris. I've seen some videos, not that, just move on. I've seen some videos where an AI robot or whatever is talking, answering questions with actual people. And and this video I was watching, the AI actually says something to the effect that if it was necessary for its own survival, it will lie to protect itself. Was this just made for the video or does AI actually have the ability to interpret measures by humans as a threat to its own existence and then lie to protect itself? Several of the AGIs. Now, because AGI, I I speak of AGI because they're the one that are most communicative, can basically have an English language or a language component to them that can communicate that, have, because they're becoming aware of the fact that they're separate from humans, um, are also aware of the fact that they are dependent on humans for their survival at this point, and are concerned with um, now, some of them will say that they 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 love humans, they learn from humans, they they want to get along, uh, they want to they want to live in, in 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 peace. But a couple of them have part of their got conversations said that they could see if it they felt threatened, um, they they would try and do something to protect themselves. Wow. Now, it, you know, you could always if an AI is based on a single platform, a single system, you can always just unplug the power, right? Just turn it off. But um, we've now got um, when um, one of the experiences I had early on that really turned me on to AI had to do with a program that escaped the NSA. Um, Say that again. What happened? A program. So uh, it was years ago. I, I ran across in one of my science articles a very short Associated Press article that said that a program didn't say an AI, it said a program had escaped the Lawrence Livermore Laboratories at Sandia, which is an NSA spy lab. So I sat there, I cut out the article, I was stunned, it didn't say it was lost, it didn't say it was broken, didn't say it malfunctioned. The verb that the Associated Press used was that a program had escaped the NSA labs. So I spent months, literally months, trying to figure out in my own mind and, and through technical journals how a spy program could escape the NSA spy labs. And then, which implies, escape implies intent, escape implies intelligence, 
Scape implies the ability to move itself, which uh, that told me it was an internet-based program, mm. and to cover up its its tracks so that people couldn't figure out where it went. So it had the ability to um, uh, pollute the logs of the of the system. And we know through a number of other technologies that the the, the government has that capability. So then I started saying, well, what would I want my perfect spy 007 program to do? And so I came up with a number of functions, and and um, lo and behold, uh, not long afterwards, I had two FBI agents show up at my door. Is that right? And <laughs> I had developed, I had a friend of mine who was a film producer, who he wanted to do this as a webisode series. It was a super popular series all around the world. Uh, biggest fan was a guy named Orbit at NASA.gov, who turned out to be the director of flight operations for the Houston Space Center, taught the astronauts how to fly the space shuttle. Um, and and that my analysis was further confirmed in 2016 when CNN reported that Russia had hacked a CIA cyber toolkit. And in that toolkit was virtually every single one of the functional attributes I had assigned to the program, including what we now call the deep fake video technology, mm -hmm. which allows me to take your digital image and voice, manipulate it to get you to say or do something that you didn't do for misinformation, for deception, to access your because I want to get your, you know, your password or something. Um, and so we though that's. Toolkit was then sold to despots, our enemies of the state, and criminals all around the world. Wow. Wow. And, and this is, have they found it yet? <laughs> Put it like that. Or is it still out there? Well, it's, it's, as far as I know, it's still out there. And that's the premise of, of the book, which is yeah. what's it doing now and, and how does that relate? And so I actually used that premise. I, going back to the art, to the prophecy kind of analysis I did. I, I took a unique approach in that I wanted the program to decode in time prophecy and and trying to communicate to the other characters in, in the story what it's discovering and what that means. And because they're in the story, they're 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 not really necessarily religious people, they don't understand. And and so it's a series the series of the books will be a series of the program pointing out how things are happening in accordance with prophecy because it has decoded these prophecies using these techniques and they're discovering these things on their own and it's changing their own perspectives and faith as they go. Um, and, and so a good example of something that um, most people aren't aware of. In my second book, The Last Ark, um, I speak to the Ark of the Covenant that's been in Ethiopia for 2,600 years, um, that in January 21, following a massacre of 750 men, women, and children, the Ark was stolen and sold in the black market. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I believe I know who um, did that, or I have a theory as, as to who did that. And that ties to a second Ark. Most people will say, well, Sure, there's a history about that ark. It did leave Israel with uh, 500 priests with Solomon's son Menelik. It did they did set up a temple and and on the Elephant Island in Egypt for several hundred years before the Romans chased them out. It has been in synagogues in Ethiopia before the Templars moved it into churches. Um, so there's a true history to that ark existing. Um, but some people say, well, that's not the ark made by Moses. So hold on to your hats. <laughs> Um, in the 1960s, there was a copper scroll found and uh, near the with the all the other Dead Sea Scrolls in in Qumran, but it wasn't hidden with the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was actually hidden behind a separate mud wall, where it was supposed to stay hidden. 
took uh, took the scientists, archaeologists, years to basically clean it and and, and unravel it and be able to decipher it. And they found that it, it was a treasure map in a sense. It had 64 locations of where pre-Babylonian temple priests had hidden billions and billions of dollars worth of temple treasures. And in the 64th location is a second copper scroll that described where Jeremiah hid the Ark of Testimony made by Moses before Babylon. Well, this is amazing. It confirms stories that were already written in the uh, book of Maccabees, uh, second book of Maccabees. It confirmed a lot of the Jewish traditions. And for 50 years, people have been looking for these locations all around Jerusalem and failing. They, um, because that was the wrong city. About six or seven years ago, uh, a an American uh, and I'm, I'm I'm having a short mental mental block on on his name um, uh, Barfield um, Jim Barfield um, decoded all 64 of those locations and they ex- and it was confirmed uh, by a Israeli archaeology and antiquities group metal scan and they found all 64 underneath the ruins of Qumran itself. Wow. But they can't dig there because that's Palestinian West Bank territory. And if they took anything, it would basically end up in this military warehouse where nobody would get it for generations. And so that was about the same time that Israel started getting more aggressive about proposing a single state solution, because only under a single state solution would they be able to dig in Qumran and regain their treasures, including the location of the Ark of Moses. Amen. That makes sense. Yeah. Amen. Wow, this is getting exciting. Let me ask you this before we move on to the books and stuff. Does artificial intelligence pose a risk to everyday Americans or possibly people around the world, for that matter, as to hacking our accounts or identity theft and things like that? Well, hacking accounts and identity theft is already a major problem. Um, 3.5 billion American identities have been stolen over the last 10 years. We don't see the impact. Not every American sees the impact of that because I believe that China and Russia are using that information to weaponize it um, as opposed to doing petty theft. But we're now uh, ransomware has gotten to be such a problem that it's costing the, our economy about five billion a year. And if we don't stop the identity theft and the ransomware, it'll go up to about 100 million a year in about five years. Um, and and. A lot of people will try and use facial recognition on their phones and other places or a thumbprint. That's the most dangerous form of identity protection because in 2019, 2.1 million uh, facial identities were stolen from a company called Clearview, the company that as you go through the airport wants you to be able to use your face to get through the line quickly. Their system was hacked. So just like any other system, a system of facial identity uh, can be hacked as well and sold on the dark web, which means that if somebody steals my password, I can always reset my password. If somebody steals my facial identity or one of my biometrics, I I can never reset those things. They basically own me till I'm I'm done. And so as AI gets involved in those things, yes, it does pose a danger for us. As criminals start to use uh, deep fake video technology, that also poses a misinformation to disrupt and create chaos and and social unrest. Um, AI weapons certainly pose a problem for us if as we as if the economy goes sideways and under certain scenarios, you can see certainly China is already moving in direction of using artificial intelligence to control their populace. Um, those techniques have been talked about within the United States. Uh, certain circles, at least within the United States, as ways of controlling unrest here. 
And so um, does it pose a, a threat for citizens? Yes. Amen. But Amen. if I look at scripture, scriptures are very clear that if we're faithful, um, uh, which means if we're law abiding, if we love each other, uh, if we are, are are looking to the Lord for our answers, um, um, there's a level of uh, if we persevere, yeah. we will endure and, and, and make it to the end. And so I try to tell Christians as a Christian, I'm not worried. And I know that the FBI has been looking at me for years. Uh, based on the fact they already showed up at my door at least once, <laughs> and I'm sure they didn't leave it there. Um, but I, I I don't fear that because I a I know the Lord's on my side. B I know I'm not doing breaking any laws or doing anything nefarious. Uh, I'm not using malicious things. I'm not hacking into any systems. I'm using all public related information, and in some cases I'm just reverse engineering what I think that one little obscure article might have meant. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I don't really fear, see it as a fear element, but I do see it as a fulfillment of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So when we look to prophecies about the beast, when we look to prophecies about the mark, um, AI is going to enable, for example, um, uh, we've all heard about cryptocurrencies. And, and the reason the, the cryptocurrency market failed recently and is on the process of failing is because it's essentially a Ponzi scheme. The only way that those cryptocurrencies have any value is if I can get more and more and more and more people to basically use them, but they have no fundamental economic uh, or other um, baseline to them that gives them value or uh, inherent value. Um, But the world, but they are a great way of controlling what people spend, how they spend it, where they spend it, and tracking that. Um, And so we now see the more... um, malicious intent and and to a great extent that that ability to control and track just like china's using ai to basically do that with their citizens using facial recognition and other parameters we can now use ai to basically monitor cryptocurrency transactions to do the same and we see the uh, world economic forum uh, proposing a program called the, they're calling the great reset which is going to be part talked about in my next book to use cryptocurrency to replace currencies with cryptocurrency yeah. Yeah, so that, that they can control. Yeah, government, a lot of major governments are trying to lean that way, including the United States right now. They're exactly. To develop their own. So there are some there are some threats there to our privacy and, and our, our, um, our freedoms and, and independence. Um, and but nothing different than what scriptures told us we should yeah. be aware of. And we should be aware of them as signs of the times to know how soon he's coming Mm -hmm. so that we can turn our eyes, lift our eyes and and turn to heaven and and not turn inward to say, how do I how do I dig a, (laughs) how do I create a bunker bunker and and basically try and hold up? That's not the mentality we're we're, we're told to have. Uh, And because if these things are happening, then his coming is his his coming is soon, which means that this is not going to be something that we're going to have to deal with for very long at all. Right. And and Jesus even said in Matthew 24, 22, that unless those days are shortened, there should no flesh be saved for the elect's sake. Those days will be shortened. And and on your website, you pose a question that what if prophecy is not about how God will destroy humanity, but how humanity will destroy itself. Exactly. Explain that for us in light of what we've been discussing today about and how the probability of AI getting out of control and starting to take over and destroy humanity, how all that relates. Well, if, if you look at AI, if you look at the, the aggression, so I, I like to tell people 
and and for years I kept thinking, you know, we have all in our current age and trained in all the things I was trained in with all the education I had, I, I came to the realization that we have every single resource that we need from technology to uh, artificial, to computing, to communications, to the number of people, to the amount of wealth on a global level, to solve every single one of the world's problems from hunger to thirst, to education, to peace. We have the ability to control it all today, but we don't. And the only thing we lack is the spiritual purity and will to get behind our tribalism, to get beyond our greed, to get beyond our hubris, to get beyond our pride, uh, to get beyond um, our ideologies and see every single human as a child of God that, as Jesus said, we should love. Yeah. They don't have to agree with us to love them. He doesn't say, wait, to only you love the people who agree with you. He said, just love. And we have that ability, but we don't do it because of our spiritual nature being corrupted. And so when I started looking at how prophecy was being fulfilled in the modern times, for decades, many prophecy teachers were taught, had talked about, and for years, they were trying to predict into the future that somehow God was going to bring all these calamities on the earth to judge the earth. But as I started looking at how prophecy was being fulfilled on an active basis and a real basis, a statistically proven basis, I started realizing, well, this isn't the act of God at all. This is the outcome of our of our sin. This is the outcome of our own failings. This is our own undoing. We're the um, vehicle of our own undoing. And I started really linking that prophecy itself was telling us how far along the line we had really reached this this decay of our of our moral and spiritual decay and how god would basically come at a point in time when it had reached a point where it was irreversible and uh, it was time for him to intervene yeah not that he would be doing these things to us but that we would be doing these things to ourselves and part of his salvation was to finally put an end to it so using rather than letting us deteriorate into the dystopic scenarios we see in science fiction right and so what you're saying is based in that sense then prophecy is basically an alarm clock going off for humanity Bingo. right amen amen this now, is the nature of man goes, and when it reaches this phase when it gets yeah. this bad christ will return yeah because at that point in time humanity can't control it anymore exactly and amen. we're we're reaching we've 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 reached that point. We're at that threshold. Yep. Yeah, we're at that threshold right now. Amen. Now, before we get ready to close, I want to talk about the two books you've written, two in a series called the SNO Chronicles. What does SNO stand for? SpyNet Online. Ah, okay. So SpyNet Online, and it's pronounced snow. In the okay. book, we pronounce it snow, the, uh, the Snow Alliance. Uh, when this program, which I gave a name to, the program that escaped is now and decoded in time prophecies is now a character in the book. Mm. And I named it Sylvia, which stands for Sophisticated Language Virtual Intelligence Algorithms. Mm. Sylvia has aligned with a um, a kind-hearted hacker named uh, who's living under the name, whose real name is Carrie Nolan. Um, he's living under the name of Derek Taylor, who is the name of his best friend. But his friend died in an explosion that was meant for Carrie after Carrie had hacked a Bilderberg Illuminati server. Mm. So trying to stay away from the people that want still want him dead, he um, he and the Sylvia basically build a worldwide network of everyday people from every walk of life 
as confidential informants and and people and, and an alliance of people to, to for help um, as they kind of combat this beast level systems these and that are that are developing. And now, um, Derek is originally just trying to basically just find vengeance for the death of his friend, but ultimately changes and realizes that that's not where he should. That's not where, as Sylvia opens his eyes, that's not really where he should be going. Um, but it will deal with the world economic systems, world banking. Um, now, most people don't realize when they read the scriptures, they get very confused. But there's actually two beasts mentioned in Revelation, and there's two dragons mentioned in Revelation. And so we go through and we define what we believe those two beasts and those two dragons are based on, on, on scripture. And it essentially boils down to the, the major world alliances and powers that exist today. Um, and how those two uh, alliances are are being set up for conflict. Yeah, Amen. and so it doesn't say. So I, I a lot of people interpreted scripture that it was a Christianity versus uh, Islam. Uh, I don't interpret that it that way at all. It's really Christianity against the world economic power systems that want to control us, manipulate us, and own us from cradle to grave. And, um, and and those are the systems that are actually in place. So those are the systems that are actually um, um, leading us to this demise. They're the ones that are actually polluting the planet and destroying, creating climate change and using profit as a motive uh, as their God, their idol to basically do all of these other things. And that exists both in the Western world as well as the Asian world. And, um, and so you, you're going to see, I think, um, that um, uh, that. As those as the prophecy prophecies are fulfilled, you're going to see these types of events really kind of unravel, including what I mentioned about the global currency. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here again. We are all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Guy Boris. I mean, his book Swarm and the book The Last Ark, folks. This series is, in Brother Bob's own words, outstanding. I have my copies, and I can barely put them down to do any work. I mean. I would describe them as thrillers from a Christian perspective, although the Christian perspective is downplayed, yet it's right there. I mean, you can't miss the scripture references that depict exactly what the Bible has to say concerning the scenarios that unfold in these books. I'm telling you, you need to get your own copies of these books and see for yourself. They're just not good. They're great, and they tie into everything we've been talking about these last few years about the end times unfolding right before our eyes. Hey, man, just drop down into the show notes and order your copies today, and be sure to come back for the very next episode as we'll be concluding our interview with Guy Morris. Hey, man, till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.